Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Allie Colbert Show. Welcome back to the Allie Colbert Show. I'm your host, Allie Colbert, and I'm nasal and COVID negative. Welcome to 2023 when we're nasal and we're COVID negative. If I'm nasal, just give me COVID so I have a reason to sit in my house for two weeks. At the very least, I don't need to go out and about sounding like this, but I do need to record a podcast. Colbertos for life. Love you. I really do love the sound of what I'm projecting to be a straight man calling into the Ali Colbert show and saying he's a Colberto for life. It takes me back to the days of being a closeted freshman in high school and the idea of a older sort of sweaty pubescent lacrosse player picking me up over his head and going, we love you, Ali. We fucking love you. I'm into it. You're really healing my wounded youth. If you are in New York, I'm going to be in New York City the end of this week, next week, all of my show dates are on AllieColbert.com. I've updated the website to the best of my ability, which is somewhat good. I'm not a professional, but there should be my all of my shows up there. And I've linked where you can get tickets. Come to a show. If you come to a show, say hi. Don't get too close. We don't need to hug, but wave. Come up to me, say, I love the podcast. I'm teasing. Come up to me. I'll be nice. I'm always nice. Seriously. I sound mean, but I'm nice inside. As Ashley Gavin says, she's a reverse Ellen. I sound nasty, but I'm nice inside. I watched The Menu recently. The Menu is the dark comedy on HBO with the girl who played that chess prodigy orphan. She now has a whole movie with her eating at a bougie restaurant that she didn't mean to make a reservation at. You know, I think it's a good dark commentary, dark comedy and a commentary on society today. I mean, I think separate from the culinary world, I think just in general where we're at with the culture that everything's burning around us and we're, you know, picking apart a broken emulsion. I liked it. Did I laugh? No, of course not. I didn't laugh at this film. But I thought it was interesting. It caught my attention. I, I do think that restaurants and the culinary world takes itself much too seriously. I like good food, but I'm, I'm a little bit lost when chefs began to kind of present themselves like these sort of like, you know, the, the tattoo sleeve. And, you know, they're these tough guys because they work with knives. And, you know, I look at me. I learned to cook in jail. It's like you're making a crudo. You're sautéing mushrooms. I don't think you're, like, such a tough guy. So I'm a little thrown by that. I'm a little thrown by chefs acting like, you know, they're going to blow your back out when they fuck you. I'm like, really? You're, you just know how to boil... I'm kidding. I'm teasing a little. But it, but you are making food. There's something very sexy about being able to make, make a good meal. Unfortunately, that's not one of the skills I possess... I just rely heavy on my sense of humor. Julian, however, is a very talented chef. She doesn't follow a recipe. She doesn't follow a recipe when she's cooking. I don't really think she's followed a recipe in her life either because she's dating me. But she, she can kind of look at ingredients and very quickly assemble a good meal. I think this is a good sexy trait. Women, if you want to hone a skill set, 
that can really get you in someone's pants. Have you ever thought about being good in the kitchen? Are you guys staying with me? Are you with me? Are you reading this right? I was I was seeing uh, on Instagram, Chris Evans posted a video of like a series of him pranking his girlfriend and his girlfriend pranking her and they like they scare each other and they make each other scream. I remember Liam Hemsworth did this with Miley Cyrus and they're laughing and they're cracking up. I don't think that's funny at all. And if Julian and I got into the pattern of scaring each other, the first time she did it to me, I would probably take a glass of water off my nightstand and br- throw it on the ground and break it. Like I I don't feel like tickled with delight when someone pops out at me and screams. I get so scared, I would probably mace her. I don't I I'm always kind of amazed when couples find that to be funny. There's nothing funny to me about being scared. I I would rather you not jump out at me and trigger my vagus nerve. Is it a lost vagus nerve? She, I know she's listening to me record this, but she's not chiming in because I, I asked her not to. So, you know, I can't really blame her. That's just not my sense of humor, folks. Folks, that's not my sense of humor. I have a terrific sense of humor. Today on the show is something different, and it's something cool, and I'm excited about it. We have on the hosts of Trust Me, Cults, Extreme Beliefs, and Manipulation, Lola Blanc and Megan Elizabeth join the show, both of whom have lived the experience of being in a cult and they share their personal stories with me. It's fascinating. It's different. It doesn't have anything to do with being a lesbian. Okay? I'm sorry. But there's there we have to be three-dimensional, four-dimensional, five-dimensional, six-dimensional people, and we have to have more going on than how to eat pussy. Okay? So this is this is interesting and I enjoyed it a lot. And I hope you do too. Subscribe to the show. Share it with a friend. It means the world to me. Enjoy. I'm glad we finally have been are able to do this. And I'm so fascinated by the the subjects you guys focus on. And I think you could summarize it more succinctly than I can. So if you both want to kind of intro that, um, I'd love to jump into it. Oh, yeah. Our Let's podcast is called Trust Me, Cults, Extreme Belief and manipulation and it is about cult extreme belief and manipulation and what makes i think in the summary of the podcast it says that you both lived it we were both raised well i was raised completely in a cult and lola was in a cult for a short period of her childhood okay i was yeah i was in a religion that some people think is a cult but i don't but then i I fully believed in a self-proclaimed prophet fucked shit up for a little while did we get into like what exactly that was maybe lola should would that be well, interesting? What do you think, Allie? Please, like, I, well, I have so many questions. I don't even know yeah, where to start. A lot. So, yeah, <laughs> I want to know both. Like, I need to know both of those, like, stories. Megan, you go first. Okay, great. So, my parents were both raised in this very fundamental religion that's an offshoot of Christianity. It's called the two by twos. They don't call themselves that. The people in it say that it doesn't have a name. It can be culty, it can be not culty. It changes on different parts of the world. My parents are very happy. They live a pretty normal life, but it can get pretty toxic. And for example, I wasn't allowed to wear pants growing up. I had to wear my hair in a bun. We didn't have a television, no Christmas because they said Christmas was rude to Jesus because it was like too fun. Uh, Jesus likes serious things. Right. So it was kind of uh, just a really big bummer and very hell-based. So my whole childhood, there was no like, 
what am I going to be when I grow up? It was just like, how many beans can I count so I don't go to hell? You know, just really OCD. Classic stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, it it is complicated. I, I don't know really how to say it. But again, some people in this religion, I don't think are in a cult. I think that they're just living their authentic life the way that they like it. But if you're raised in it, as I was in a multi-generational way where you're forced to do it and it's not who you are, it's very traumatizing. Well, let's let's even go back and say, what is your definition of a cult? It's it's varied. I think ours is just essentially a high control group that has a lot of control over your life. Right. What would you say, Lola? Yeah, I mean, there are so many different definitions of cults, and it kind of just depends on who you're talking to. When they're controlling your lifestyle, when they're controlling your ability to leave, when they're controlling literally your thoughts, that is when it can go off of just like regular religion and into cult territory. Right. And and Megan, are your parents still in this? They still, still subscribe to this group? Yes, they're very, very in it. So that's why I go by Megan Elizabeth, because I don't want to hurt them any further than me not being in it already is, because it's very complicated. I mean, they really, really believe this. And Meaning you don't say your last name. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yes. Yeah. I just go by my first and middle name. Got um, it. And you said I wasn't allowed to wear pants, meaning you had to wear skirts. Yeah, like the long jean skirts that are now in style were not in style, unfortunately, when I had to wear them. So and that was was really what was hard was that it was so out of the fashions. Yeah, it was so out of fashion. I looked like an idiot American girl doll and it was humiliating and I didn't believe it. So it was extra stupid. Right. Saying you're not allowed to wear pants really sounds like you're walking around. Totally nude. That's why I wanted to I'm going to have to, wow, that's way too exciting for all Because I I was like, how bad is this cult, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) No, long jean skirts, long skirts. And were you in, what what was your school, what was your school situation, like your education growing up in two, two by two? Yeah, two by two. What is another like name for this? I've never heard of it. Um, it, The truth, people in that call it the truth, which is a very common tactic that cults use of naming something a word that makes it sound good um, you know it's like, yeah like it's i belong to the important right way you know it's like the <laughs> i belong to the important right way <laughs> yeah. totally oh so i told you i grew up in connecticut for a little bit my dad went to yale he's a surgeon i went to a private school with really wealthy people who were dressed really cool and i looked like that but so you, you went to public school? No, private school. Oh, sorry, private school. So going yeah. to private school, though, you're going to school with people that are that don't subscribe to this. Oh, no, no. So, nobody, I mean, it was the Midwest, but nobody wasn't uh, even slightly religious, really. So how is it that they're, how is it like, I, there's two things that are coming up for me right now. One is that I find it amazing that, like, people that belong to cults, and, I mean, my modern like my modern day understanding of cult or like what I think about when I think about cult is I think about QAnon, which mm-hmm. isn't like precisely a cult in my mind, but something that always like surprises me about it is that there are people that are like Yale graduates yeah. that are somehow able to do the mental gymnastics of believing in a certain realm of facts and then also like you're, you you kind of have like your traditional societal respect for an institution like Yale. I would never think a surgeon who graduated Yale right. is able to kind of 
find his way into this and bring his family along for this ride. So that, that's right. already something that just like blows my mind. Well, I but think that's it's, true of, of even yes, just yes. religious people. There, right? Like there are so many very intelligent, very educated people who believe in religions that think some extremely crazy things. Yeah. yeah. But we're so used to it because it's been so widely accepted or there's such old religions. Like we don't like really think twice about it. Right. Cults are right. just like new beliefs, like beliefs we haven't really heard before. So they sound crazy. But if you compare it to some of the Bible stories, it's like, well, is it that yeah, far? Pretty off? nuts. And I yeah. think it it really speaks to the fact of like he was raised in it. So his parents were in it. Right. And my mom's parents were in it. That's how they met. So I think it really speaks to what were we taught when we were little and what don't we even question and what could be wrong with the way that we think. Right. And are and are you as a child what is the information you're receiving in school that is sort of challenging some of these things at home? And and then I think, what what is, oh, I have too many questions. Let's answer that one first. <laughs> <laughs> I think just being at school really showed me, I, th- I was allowed to go to other people's houses a lot, which a lot of kids that grew up in the same religion were homeschooled, aren't, weren't allowed to go spend the night places, which right. would have been awful for me because I was allowed to go to sleepovers and be with my friends a lot and meet their mothers who were um, super into feminism. And my parents are great. And my mom is definitely the like, like owns my dad in that very funny cartoon way. But they would tell me (laughs) stuff like the man, you know, owns his wife. Like it's, you have to obey your husband. And I think God was around women who were like, nah, so I don't know. Yeah. But answers your question. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what is, um? you have a point where you remember a piece clicking in where you're saying to yourself, okay, this is uh, this is very weird. Yeah, like I think just from the beginning. The whole like, way they, through. Yeah, I was like, Mm-mm, nope. So what yeah. is, but so you're ju- you just have some sort of innate awareness that you feel your, your father maybe didn't have or want to act on growing up or your mother like. Yeah, I think I remember being two or three. I have a really good memory, oddly. Like, my parents can always be like, I can't believe you remember that. But I remember asking my mom, like, how do you know that this is true? I don't think that this is real. And just kind of getting a spanking and never say that again. This is true. And so then I was like, got it. We don't say that. It was complicated being around my family because they're all very educated. A lot of them are doctors or nurses or whatever. So when they would talk about these things, like, it's just common knowledge and obviously true and I'm not good at science or math or stuff like that there would be a part of my brain and there probably always will be that was like I must be missing something right I'm not smart enough to like see this for what it is but with my small brain I just can't make sense of it I don't believe it yeah can you can yeah go please no I, I like am always impressed at how Megan knew that it was not real so young because I feel like most of the people we talk to myself included in just like mainstream Mormonism before the other shit like believed it for quite a while it took us like a very specific set of circumstances to like sort of feel it loosen in our heads and start to question but I don't know about very many people who started questioning when they were like little kids I think it's like I don't know cool yeah thanks yeah I I I, having I'm having a similar response to that of just it is pretty impressive I mean the awareness of just like this feels off even when these are the people that are like teaching you how to be how to think about things 
you yeah, know? It just didn't seem like um, God would care a lot about a lot of this stuff to me. Like, you know, yeah. so. Well, what I is, can it. you give us one example of something that you're saying? How do you know this is true? Like, what, what is something that you. Mm, well, everyone who isn't in it is going to hell. So, one of my favorite things to do would just be to walk around and tell everybody horrible news you're going to hell because I did you know I, I did right. believe it a little bit when I was little yeah don't shoot the messenger you're going to hell yeah 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 I gotta tell you something don't get mad um you're gonna burn in hell right and then I just started to think even really little like but why I don't I wouldn't send anyone to hell and I'm hearing that God is loving so if I'm an asshole and I wouldn't do it why would God and I think also in the religion it's very like children are so innocent and pure and beautiful and then they turn to and they're awful from here on out. And I also had a realization of like, mm, I was kind of awful before too, like already selfish and shit. So like, I just don't believe any of it. They, you turn to and then you're awful. Yes. At, once you turn <laughs> to, like if you do not sit through the meetings completely still, our, our church services, you get taken out and just spanked the shit out uh, of. So at two. Like, oh, oh, at two, yeah. Everyone's like, you're so well-behaved. These are the most well-behaved children. Yeah, because we're getting... Abused, physically abused. Abused, yeah. Right. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a sister. She's 10 years younger than me, and she also just recently left. She just left. Something's in the water. Mm -hmm. I want to ask so much about the process of, like, leaving and, like, the fallout around that, but I feel like, Lola, like, maybe we'll hear some of your your story so Mm -hmm. that I can kind of move through both of them a little bit more. Sure, yeah. Uh, Well... I grew up mainstream Mormon, just regular old Mormon. Some people think that being Mormon means you're a polygamist. It does not. Right. That's a fundamentalist version of Mormonism. Yeah. When I was 12 years old, my parents were divorced, and my mom met this man at a Mormon singles dance. I I always struggle to find the way to, like, summarize it succinctly, but basically, like, he targeted my mom. Yeah. um, And using her, like, pre-existing beliefs, he... like developed this elaborate scheme to convince her that he so mormons have like a a prophet like right now there's a prophet he's the head of the church he talks directly to god when he dies there'll be another one right yeah and the the very first prophet was joseph smith who literally was just a teenager who like went to the woods and was like i saw god and jesus and i am the prophet and they told me to start this new religion on earth so it's like set up this whole culture of like a guy can just kind of show up and be like, I had visions. I'm the prophet. Sounds so like most guy, men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the prophet. All right. Calm down, Greg. <laughs> um, and then also in Mormonism, there's a, so there's the Book of Mormon. They believe in the Bible, but also the Book of Mormon, which yeah. is a text that Joseph Smith, in quotations, translated from an angel while he was looking into a hat. And a part <laughs> into of a this hat? book. Yeah. <laughs> totally makes perfect sense. <laughs> They don't like to talk about that piece of it, but he was looking into a hat. You um, think he was on mushrooms or something? Is that what this I, is? I hope so. It would explain a lot. But, well. Megan's like, fuck no. Some. It would explain <laughs> some. Um, <laughs> but so basically, like, he, there he, there was a piece of the Book of Mormon that mysteriously went missing. And he 
said that in the last days, like towards the end of the world or whatever, when there's the second coming of Jesus, a new prophet is going to show up and the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon shall be revealed to the world, right? Yeah. So this sets up a whole scenario where any old Greg can show up and be like, I <laughs> have the sealed portion, which I'm also translating from an angel. Uh, therefore, you cannot physically read the golden plates themselves because I'm translating them from an angel. Perfect. So, That's a perfect loop. <laughs> <laughs> so this man basically... God hid the dinosaur sore bones to test us. That's what my <laughs> rabbi always used to say. Oh, my oh God. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, if you can't see it, that just means that you need to have even stronger faith. Exactly. Uh, it's to test your faith. Yeah. So this guy using other people as well as made up people that he was having emailing her um, and showing her bits that he had translated of the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. Oh, he's claiming I'm the guy now. Yes, he could. He didn't do it right away. It's because they never do. They never reveal. What the, a great like, come on thing! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I'm missing the fucking most important detail here. Yeah, so yeah. here is a really crucial detail. So my mom had a dream about a man who she she pr- literally prayed to God. She's divorced. She's single. Yeah. Uh, about who will I marry? And she has this dream about a man who she said looked a little bit like Brendan Fraser. A little bit like Joseph Smith. Hi. And he's like remembered his face. And then she meets this guy at this Mormon singles dance who's extremely charismatic, looks exactly like the guy from her dream. What's and that about? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Don't well, know. I'm starting to believe. Okay. I know. Not sign me up. Yeah. But, and in Mormonism, there's a lot of like reading into signs and like pray and you will receive an answer. So right. this guy shows up and he's like this charismatic man who seems like there's something like bigger about him. So of course, it's setting her up. It's like totally priming her to think that there really is something kind of mystical about this guy. Right. And if he happens to also be a master manipulator, because spoiler, he has done this to multiple people before and many people after, including now he has a whole group who believes in him. But at the time, it wasn't like a group that we knew of. It was just like a handful of like disparate people. And then how old are you at this point in time? Just so I can. Twelve. Okay. All right. So she meets him. He's talking to her. He's he's doing making fake email accounts that that are him. Yeah. 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 That are him. That are him. And over time, she, like, fully believes because that's – he, like, is really good at what he does. I find their emails to each other. And I find him – I'm, like, snooping around on my mom's computer because I'm, like, curious and probably horny and looking for something. I don't know. Sure. Um, and <laughs> This was when you made your own website, correct? You were yeah, yeah. on the computer. Oh, yeah. I was an Angel Fire nerd. Um, was that the website I'm, with the quotes? What's Angel Fire? Oh, it was, like, a, it was like early, like – Tumblr or like Wix or something where you could make your own little website. Okay, okay. All right, go on. <laughs> With HTML. <laughs> HTML, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I find their e- emails or letter, I think, yeah, emails. And he's talking about being a prophet. And I'm 12 and I always, you know, we are sort of set up in this religion to believe that like we're chosen and we're special already. And I'm like, oh, my God, my mom has been chosen by God to, like, bring about the the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this right. man that has been hanging around is a fucking prophet. And so then I was, like, in on it, too. And basically, like, this is already a very long story. But no, no, keep going. Short. That, no, no short. No short. <laughs> okay, okay, the whole okay, point long, is the long. long. <laughs> <laughs> um, Over time, he started making, like, 
more ex- and more extreme demands of her. And one of them included, well, he told her to give her children up for adoption because they were distracting her from the work. She did not do that. Thank God. But she, I mean, she would never do that. But my brothers went to live with my dad and then my other brother and I both went to live with separate families in the area from church. She didn't know why we were living with them. So she relocates you. Well, we, she kind of told me, told what I remember is she like kind of told me the revelation and I like, we kind of had gone back and forth between mom and dad anyway. So it was like, all right, well, they're going to go live with dad. And I was like, I don't want to live with dad. I want to live near you. So I'm going to, can I live with this family from church? And is dad in the, where's dad with Mormonism at this point? Dad's super Mormon. Dad's in California and we're in Utah. Okay. Yeah. Dad has no idea any of this is going on. And by the uh, way, so so she's, so he's saying, give your kids up for adoption. She won't do that, but your brothers go and live with your father. You and your other brother go and live with a family. and Two different families. Two different families. And what is that family's understanding of why you're living with them? I have no idea. <laughs> right. I do, I do not know what they thought was happening. Like, I, I should find them on Facebook and ask them because they just knew, like, my mom was something was going on with my mom so here's the thing it wasn't just like get rid of your kids and keep your house it was she needed to make a sacrifice and that's another really big thing that's religion is like like abraham and isaac you have to sacrifice and be tested right in order to be rewarded by being with your family in heaven if you don't make the if you're if you don't like pass those tests you're not going to get to that tier of heaven and be able to be with your family in the afterlife so when you so for a manipulator manipulator like this to come along like they can play on how much you actually love your family and desperately want to be with them in heaven Ugh. by making you make sacrifices. Lola's mom is the sweetest woman, like the most. She's one of the best moms you'll ever meet. So for she's her amazing. to do something like this, like she truly, and she's very smart. She truly believes that they're about to do something very important. Right. Well, and and the the other piece of the sacrifice that she's making is not just like sending us away, it's that she has to go live in a, a place that is like a shithole. It it ended up getting condemned actually this building. It was called a hotel, but it was like a halfway house kind of situation. There were pimps in her building. There right. were it was like everything was broken, roaches everywhere. It was like a disgusting place he had her go live there and basically she was sex trafficked and that was all like he she kept being like why do i have to do this why would god want this i why would he not want me to do my kids why would he want me to commit these sins when i've been told my you know when i believe my whole life that sex outside of marriage was wrong um she and she you know she ended up getting horribly assaulted and all of this shit happens and he just oh, there's emails gosh. from him and from his girlfriend by the way his girlfriend at the time. Who oh, he has a girlfriend. He, he like revealed that he had, a, well, a quote, wife, a first wife. Okay. Um, which my mom did not know in the beginning. Anyway, his he and his girlfriend are emailing her back and res- call, re- responding to her and being like, God really needs you to do this. I know it hurts, Christine. I know you're you're suffering. You're suffering so much, but but this is what God wants. Don't you want to do what God wants? And they're fucking like doubling down and making her do this shit. Do maybe this is a naive question. Do they believe that, or are they just profiting from no, this? What's going on? They do not believe it. They they do not believe it. Are no. they he, even of the Mormon Church? What what is the? No, they're no. just. So by the way, by this point, he had already had her. Like we had had a yard sale and like sold our shit. And yeah. The money went to 
hit this like fake nonprofit that he, this like organization he'd started that I had made a website for for him. Uh, so we thought like, geez, okay, this is all to help fuck. people. This we're selling things to help people. She's like, you know, committing these acts she doesn't want to commit, or not really committing, but being forced to do these acts she doesn't want to do um, to help people. This is all to help people and to to get to you know be reunited with my family later on. Um, finally, the profit man. Um, yeah. Who I, who I never name, although I will name at some point. Is he just living free, like, now? Like, what's... Yes, but he's been sued and, like, owes people a shit ton of money because they, like, sued him for damages because he ruined their lives and shit. But he is still free and doing this. And he's very upset that we just got, uh, like, press. He's very upset that I'm getting, in his eyes, more more famous than him. Great. I can't wait funny. to post this on every fucking social media <laughs> platform, you motherfucker. <laughs> but... <laughs> So anyway, he he's in jail for some other fucking thing. He's in jail. He's in jail at this point in time for something. He goes to jail for like a, like I can't remember what it was. It was like some like minor thing. So he but meanwhile, just to be clear, him and his girlfriend, friend, whatever, are essentially just yeah. pimping your mother out for money. I mean, they have a there is a man there who is doing it, but he is the one directing that whole situation. And, and he he's I'm assuming at the same time he has many other women he's doing this to. I mean, presumably, I don't know the extent to which this specific thing happened to other women, but he had, he like took the livelihoods of many, of many people. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So you're yeah. living with a friend, you're, you have a yard sale, but when your mother's doing this and how long did you live with the, the, the sort of friend? The, the it was like a few months. A few months. Um, and are you able to be in contact with your mother? Yes. And it's this very like surreptitious, like having phone calls with her and she's like talking about the mission and she I can tell she's like really depressed and mm. like something horrible is going on but I don't know what but I'm like okay it's a test it's a test it's a test it's a test and I always tell the story of like I remember you know in Mormonism you bear your testimony that you know that your church is true the church is true that the prophet is real and whatever and I remember being in my like little room in this family's house and praying and being like dear heavenly father thank you for everything blah 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 I know that blank name man is a prophet and I like stopped myself in the middle of the sentence and like couldn't finish the sentence and I remember thinking like I'm gonna remember that later I'm sure he's a prophet but I'm gonna remember that later and then of course sure enough so while prophet man was in jail yeah he told another guy in jail about my mom and about how she was at this place like available for him and the guy came, I think he had actually come before. I, I'm not certain about that detail, but I think he had come before. He came, he saw how my mom was living. He knew that she was, because the guy told him, he knew mm -hmm. that she was being deceived and this was all like basically a guy fucking with her life and he just started breaking down crying. And he told my mom it was not real. And my mom was like suicidal at this point, literally like walking through the road, like hoping somebody would hit her. So he leaves when he's out of jail. He tells this to your mother, this guy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He got out. He should go to my mom's place, my mom's place. And he breaks down crying and he's like, I have to get you out of here. Oh, my so God. He literally like packed up her shit with her and got her out of there. And she came to the house I was staying and sat me down on the hill outside, I remember it very clearly, mm -hmm. and told me that the man was not a prophet. And in my head, I was just like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, moving on. <laughs> like, let's, let's like start over now. Like, don't want to think about that then. Okay. And then the <sighs> aftermath was like years of, of trauma that my mom had to deal with. And, and it was horrible. But now, yeah, 
she uh, she got her PhD in media psychology. She's a huge cult survivor activist and holy fuck! And, I was not like, expecting that at all. <laughs> she's she's done, she's out of this. She is out. She is out. Holy shit! What a story. Helping other people get and out. And now too. she helps. Now she lives in Short Creek in that like FLDS town in Utah, and she is like a, a harm reduction advocate there, and like helps people who are transitioning out of cults or extreme groups. And she's fucking amazing. And she used her experiences for good. But damn, it was a journey getting there. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> my god. By the way, when you when this is happening, did your your I know your father doesn't know about the prophet thing like what is his understanding of why you're not living with her or what's going on there i don't know i've never asked him i think it makes him uncomfortable to like to know to think about the fact that we right. all of this stuff was happening and he didn't know and he yeah. wasn't like asking enough questions to really know my mom was like I don't know. Like, we moved a lot, and there was always some kind of, like, new venture that she was taking on. We were both ventriloquists, and, like, she was doing... <laughs> How is this a... not, like, a documentary already? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I think he was just like, oh, one of Christine's crazy things. Like, I don't think he... Re- like had any conception of how dark it was. Right. This is another question that maybe I'm just not think considering all of the details, but what's the reasoning behind the, the hold, withholding this man's name? Well, he's very litigious and he has tried to sue me before. He failed at it because he did it wrong. <laughs> um, but he, <laughs> but he, um, he will do it again. But basically, like, I want to say his, well, one, I was like trying to avoid giving him mo- more notoriety because notoriety, right. I wrote an article for Vice about it and he literally wrote in the comments, and I did not name him. And he wrote in the comments, this is about me. I will not stand for this. Um, <laughs> so he's like trying so hard for people to know who he is. So that was one piece. But then the other piece is that when I do name him, I want to have like all of my ducks in a row and like sure. make it a, a whole thing and like out him for realsies. Man, I hope he gets run over by a truck. Oh, don't we all. Before you forget, can you tell them why he was in the dream? Oh, oh, oh. Our hypothesis our working hypothesis for why she saw him in a he was dream. stopping her. Well, that not my quite, guess. But, but my dad went to like a military academy while he was married to my mom. It turns out that this guy went to the same uh, military uh, academy around this uh, around the same time. Is that what you call it? No, training. I think it was like some kind of military like base school or something. Anyway, yeah. regardless of what it was, the dude went to the same place around the same time. Okay. So our working hypothesis is that she actually had seen him before. He wasn't just like a random face that her brain generated. That's that was my thought too. Yeah, I I'm, I tracked meaning. Isn't there something about how you like you can never your brain actually never dreams a face it hasn't seen? That's what she was saying at the time and why it felt so meaningful. I haven't actually looked into it to know if that's real. Do okay. we know for real? I, don't any, know. I mean, we would anyone know Google for real? Yeah, how do you how do you even Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. How do you know? But um know. blown away by at least how your mother comes out of that and then is now in this work. It's really uh just admirable and just I mean, it's crazy inspiring. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, and a lot of our guests on our show like come out of their experience obviously there's like a period of like being in the trauma there's a period of healing it takes years to process it sometimes but so many of them like part of the healing journey is like using what they know now and using those experiences to help other people because like when my mom got out nobody helped her she had 
we had no money. Right. And we had no resources. Like the the police did not give a fuck about coercion. <laughs> like, right. well, you chose it. It was your decision. Yeah. Not really, but okay. The church didn't help, like nobody helped her. So now, and thank God for the internet now also, like there are so many more resources online, but like some people get out and they don't know what. Right, being able to connect with down. any sort of community that's gone, that's experienced anything remotely similar. I mean, totally. You know, I mean, most people don't even have the language to like call it a cult because it's right. like hard to sort of accept that that's what happened to you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Megan, what what was your experience leaving this group and fallout with family or I have the best family they're so kind and wonderful and nothing has really changed between us I know that they're really sad I I tell the story sometimes just to kind of show how real it is for them and my grandpa my grandpa was dying he had a heart attack or something and he was like hallucinating and he was saying like no, don't don't take Megan to hell. Take me instead. Take me instead. And it's like so heartbreaking because they're the sweetest, best people. And right. I don't want them to think I'm going to hell, but I can't wear a jean skirt and like not do my life. So it really hurts. It really, really sucks. But we're in contact. I'm going home for Thanksgiving. You're not allowed to cut your hair. I have short hair. And they have a big picture of my boyfriend and I with all of his tattoos framed above their fireplace. And so they like they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. And so we've like made it through when I went to college. I just kind of stopped. And in high school, I started, you know, wearing I would have my best friend bring normal clothes to school and change into them. And I was pretty wild. And, um, you know, I kind of dropped out after after I, I could when I went to college, I never went back but wow so okay so it's not what I it's not a a formal sort of you're not sitting them down saying this is my choice if it seems like a sort of a more gradual fallout and they're yeah yeah what's amazing is that like when people that are like in these groups truly believe these things like the way you're expressing your grandfather voicing that is like you're you're they they see these things as like real threats it's real and And like that's heartbreaking I'm almost tearing up because I love them so much and it's just, it's just so hard. And how I left and how I live my life and how my family treats me is not normal in this religion. A right. lot of people do get shunned or just completely written off and, you know, that's that's also common. So it does speak to their hearts that they still yeah. want me around. And yeah. so they so they were, your, you mentioned your parents were raised in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lola, your parents were Mormon, but your mother kind of fell into something that was more extreme. Like, yeah. let's talk about, like, I, I keep going to QAnon, just, I don't know, what, I mean, it's just what let's feels really QAnon. relevant, yeah. but let's like, like, just like the susceptibility factor of like, wow, this is like, like, you know, my, my in-laws are, <laughs> my in-laws often like say things, like, tell me QAnon conspiracies and then say that they're not in QAnon, but they just kind of like share all of this information. At the same time, they're like the most big hearted, smart people I've ever met. And it's been such a conundrum for me because you just come up against something where I, sometimes I tell myself, I'm like, wow, however close I wanna be with you, I feel like I can't 
be as close as I want knowing that yeah. you think this. Yeah. But then sometimes I tell myself I should just set that down. Yeah. But and then you say, well, is this harming people? Like it's just really tough. And it's yeah. it's no it's like by no means the extent to what you two have experienced, but I think it's something that f- that feels like a cult to me or has elements of cult and that is like very accessible for everyone. Like people yeah. are becoming radicalized in such weird everyday ways like online like what are your what are your thoughts on that and also what are your thoughts on like the ways the language to use to speak to someone that can there's no interrupting this like this sphere of thought you know what I mean it doesn't matter what you throw at it like what is it that can actually penetrate that well so we've talked a lot about this on the show and it's kind of two things and one is like the thing that you're already doing which is maintaining a relationship with them because the minute that you start to just like attack someone's beliefs all of their defense mechanisms come kick in and like shut it down they don't want to hear it that they won't talk to you if you directly attack their beliefs so that is like you don't do that you stay connected to them you you maintain a relationship with them right and something that uh, a, a number of experts also talk about is like while you can't directly attack what they believe what you can do is draw a parallel for them that they put together for themselves and be like hey this other group over here believes these crazy things isn't that weird or like hey this other group over here this really brainwashed and abusive or brainwashing and abusive to their Mm. followers crazy huh and like all you can kind of do all you can really do is hope that they put those pieces together because they won't take in that there's something wrong with theirs right they it can't you can plant to see that like hmm, that's interesting that's kind of similar to what i believe right you know yeah fuck yeah we always <laughs> i mean i've just been seeing all this stuff lately that's like if somebody doesn't believe the exact same as you from like the people that i follow and the people that think similarly to me like cut them out we don't need that shit and no, i don't think that at no. all i think that you stay close to the people in your life to try to influence them and you can't, I, I don't think that's the way to go. And to be available for them if and when they do start to emerge from those beliefs because if you're not in their life, it's going to be harder for them to talk to, to feel like they have someone to talk to about what they're questioning. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it feels like um, at least like the social political landscape right now is such that it's like I don't want to I don't even want to associate with you I mean from both sides I don't want to associate you with you if you believe, if you love Trump and Trumpy mm-hmm. Trump people saying I'm just calling them Trump people saying I mm-hmm. fucking hate liberals snowflakes whatever I don't uh, I'm a Democrat I identify as liberal and uh, I get frustrated with people in my life that are Republican but I and are like super into this kind of MAGA culture but like the cutting them out is like I totally can't get down with that I I just I can't at all and by the way something I always ground myself in is that people that fall into these extreme camps or even just like these these like schools of thought like politically at least like both sides are so deeply afraid like Mm -hmm. I'm so afraid as like a gay Jewish woman like I have a lot of fear that like mm-hmm. is at the root of like how I choose to like vote and think about things in the same way that like I know like my in-laws are afraid of like not being able to like pay the bills or having someone take what whatever it is like 
everyone is afraid. It's kind of amazing also how like all of these like cult uh, docu series and uh, they've just caught way in like like the vow, which I obviously I saw and I saw this Netflix doc a while ago. Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, yeah, Abducted in Plain Sight. We just actually, this week and next week, we have Jan Broberg, the girl who was abducted on our show. Oh, you have her on your show. And I think they they do another film about her, right, now? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Peacock has a series and a doc right now, yeah. That story was... so cool. And she similarly found... Like advocacy after all of this, right? Doesn't isn't she in that work? But she that is, was fucking yeah. insane. That story. That was insane. Oh my god. <laughs> the know. aliens that he brought in, and I mean, the my god. seducing both of the parents to, is just Sed- a the dad. The dad's like giving her father a hand. It was actually mind blowing. I mean, I my jaw was like on the floor the entire time. The fact that this this guy, I'm pretty sure. You, I mean, you have to watch it, you guys. But this guy, like, voiced the fact that he was, like... I, I want to say that he was a child molester. I don't know what he said. But he basically was like, and I'm in recovery. And something that will help with my recovery is if I can have sleepovers with your kids. A little more complex than that. But he was <laughs> allowed to lay with Jan in her bed and listen to tapes. Because they actually, there was a therapy at the time that uh, Jen was telling us said something like that was similar. So he's over the covers. They don't know he's into children yet. Um, yeah. Right now, he's just this great best friend. And he was like, yeah, my therapist said, can I just like lay over the covers next to your kid while I listen to this deprogramming thing? I know it's weird, but that's like the age I was traumatized and it has to be the opposite sex. And they're like, what? Okay. So they leave the door open. And they're like in and out. And he's, and he's and he's like best friends with the family at this point. Yeah. They completely trust him. And he has like expressed that he has like a mental illness or whatever. So they're like thinking they're being empathetic and what like yeah. he the the Peacock series, I think, does a good job of doing a deeper dive into like the details of how he did it. Because when you just hear the like broad strokes, you're like, what the fuck kind of parents are that? But right. actually, it's like, no, he was so, so smart about it. And it took years before any before he actually kidnapped Jan before our interview started I was like I can't even talk about this I hate these parents so much like Uh, I can't you know like to Lola and she was like just like let's hear the whole story and then by the end of it I'm like they were good people and they were duped and like you know it's (laughs) just the full story it's never like just stupid careless people it's so weird how we are all really susceptible to being taken on these journeys everyone what what are some of your favorite like it's even weird saying favorite. What are some of your like <laughs> the best docu series or documentaries or films you've seen about this stuff? I love Keep Sweet. Keep kind Sweet. Of speak Which one's that? Lola just said it's it's about. It, I mean, how how do you even describe Keep Sweet, Lola? I I actually haven't watched Keep Sweet, but well. My mom would recommend Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, which came out before yes. Keep Sweet, and it's yes. more comprehensive. Yes. of the study of the history of the FLDS. But, I mean, there are so many. Wild Wild Country is great. Like, mm. you know, yeah. what was the other one that India did? Not The Vow, but the other one. Oh, right. Uh, Seduced. Seduced. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check out some of these. There are so many. So but, many. But, um, we should make a list. Yeah, you guys, make, make a list. list. HTML. Yeah. Lola <laughs> and Megan host Trust Me. Thank you both so much for wow. sharing your stories with me. They're fascinating. 